Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Tonight on The Readout. If even half of it is true, then he's toast. He's not a victim here. He was totally wrong. That comment from his former attorney general really got under Trump's orange-tinted skin as he prepares for tomorrow's historic arraignment. The first former president to face federal charges and the possibility of prison time. Also tonight, the extreme denialism of Trump defenders. What they get totally wrong about the Presidential Records Act, how declassification works, and the Biden and Hillary Clinton false equivalencies. And we begin tonight with Donald Trump's reverse snowbird commute to Florida. The twice impeached, twice indicted, liable for sexual abuse former president arrived today in Miami and is spending the night at his Doral Resort as he awaits his unprecedented arraignment tomorrow. He faces 37 felony counts of illegally hoarding classified documents and obstructing the Justice Department's efforts to get them back. While this is his second indictment, this one carries the very serious prospect of significant prison time. He and his personal valet and alleged co-conspirator, Walti Nada, will appear together as they are arraigned. As to who will be representing Trump, that is still up in the air. Like most things Trump, his legal defense is a chaotic mess. As we speak, it's unclear if he has full legal representation. What we do know at this hour is that Todd Blanche, a former federal prosecutor who represents Trump in the Manhattan DA case, will be by his side, even though he has not passed the bar in Florida. Christopher Keyes, the former the former Florida Solicitor General, who was originally sidelined back in September of 2022, because according to reports, he told Trump that much of this could have been avoided if Trump and his team had simply taken a more cooperative stance with the Department of Justice, could also be in the courtroom. It is unclear if Trump has been able to hire local counsel. A source tells NBC News that at least one prominent figure in Miami has turned him down. I wonder why. Could it be that he has a habit of not paying his lawyers or that he doesn't take advice? A source with direct knowledge tells NBC News that the judge who will oversee Trump's preliminary hearing will be Magistrate Judge John Goodman. Judge Aileen Cannon is still slated to oversee the trial unless she recuses herself. Her earlier handling of this case was universally slammed as prejudicial and outside judicial norms by the Court of Appeals and a bipartisan slew of former federal prosecutors and judges. It is not her appointment to the bench by Trump that's at issue. It's her belief that the former president should be held to a different standard of law. While her impartiality is under serious question, only she can decide if she will recuse herself. And if passed as prologue, there is no guarantee that she will do the right thing. Meanwhile, Trump and his Republican allies have spent the weekend waging a full-blown war on the Department of Justice and the FBI. And with zero sense of irony, Trump accused special counsel Jack Smith of being deranged and repeatedly without any evidence that he, Trump, is the target of a political persecution. 
He also summoned yet another angry mob to Miami to protest his indictment. Today, even after he and his supporters accused the Justice Department of being weaponized against him, Trump vowed to appoint a politically motivated special prosecutor to investigate everything related to President Biden, his family, and basically everybody else that he wants if he's elected to a second term. Donald Trump, who views winning the election as his best chance for evading accountability and prison time, told his pal and former fellow Floridian convicted felon Roger Stone that there is no way he would drop out of the race. So is there any circumstances under which you could see yourself dropping out of the 2024 presidential election? No, none whatsoever. Now, uh, from from Trump's Doral Resort in Miami, as NBC News national correspondent Gabe Gutierrez, uh, and I, I definitely want to hear about the security preparations for tomorrow and what else uh, you're seeing and hearing uh, in Miami. Oh, hi there, Joy. Well, yes, uh, the former president ended up coming here to Doral just several hours ago. He was greeted here by just a few dozen uh, supporters as he went inside. And Joy, over the past hour or so, he has been defiant in several radio interviews he's been conducting with radio stations in Iowa. He said several things. He mentioned some of them vowing to appoint a special counsel to investigate the Bidens and also calling his former attorney general, Bill Barr, a coward. Of course, Barr, over the last several days, yesterday in an interview, uh, saying that the indictment against the former president was uh, considerably strong. But local authorities here in Miami today, they did describe how they're preparing for this and the uh, the uh, intense security measures that are underway and that there'll be enough resources to potentially handle thousands of people, more than 5,000 potentially tomorrow in downtown uh, Miami. However, Joy, we have no indication that that many people plan to show up. This is just a precaution. You recall that during the Manhattan indictment two months ago, there were... Uh, calls for large-scale protests that never materialized. But again, the former president is uh, here, and there are still lots of questions about tomorrow's arraignment, including which, if any, local council will actually represent him. That has still not been announced as of tonight. As for tomorrow, we expect the former president to leave Doral. It's possible we might not see him as he might go into the federal courthouse downtown underground. Then once he is arraigned, he enters his plea he will then head back to New Jersey, where he plans to hold a speech and fundraiser uh, tomorrow. So, uh, Joy, still a lot of unanswered questions about how this will all go down tomorrow. But the former president here in Doral, Florida, as he awaits this unprecedented arraignment tomorrow, Joy. Wow, what a time to be alive. NBC's Gabe Gutierrez in Miami. Stay safe. Thank you very much. And joining me now is Jill Wine-Banks, who served as, as an assistant Watergate special prosecutor. She's co-host of the Sisters-in-Law and iGen podcast. And former federal prosecutor Paul Butler, who is a professor at Georgetown School of Law. Let's just start, Paul, with the issue of representation. If Donald Trump does not have a Florida-barred attorney with him in court, is that a problem? Does he need to find one first? Could that delay anything? It shouldn't delay. In most cases, you have to be a member of the actual district bar where you're being pro- where you're representing someone who's being prosecuted. But for a first appearance, most judges will allow another attorney to stand in for that person. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about this judge. <laughs> let's. Uh, I'm going to bring Jill in first, and we're going to both you going to talk about this. Let me play you what uh, former Attorney General Eric Holder had to say about Judge Aileen Cannon. I'm concerned about her handling this case. Um, based on what she did in the earlier phases of this matter, I'm not sure that she has the legal acumen um, to be a judge in charge of such an important case. 
Jill Weinbanks, uh, 28 U.S. Code 455A, thank God for great producer, states a judge shall disqualify himself or herself in any proceeding for which her, his or her impartiality might reasonably be questioned. Um, but it is her choice whether she will do that. Um, and I, my understanding is, reporting from Slate, is that special counsel Jack Smith does have the option. He can request a different judge. And the 11th Circuit precedent allows reassignment when the presiding judge appears unable to put previous views and findings aside. That feels like it fits Judge Aileen Cannon to a T. But your thoughts on whether or not the Justice Department might or should try to get her bumped off this case? I think you have set it up exactly the way it is. It is a right for the prosecution to ask for a removal of the judge and appointment of a new one. From everything I have heard, it seems very unlikely that the special counsel is likely to do that for a variety of reasons. And, um, you know, I may be Pollyanna, but I do believe in the jury system. And I go back to the Manafort trial where a very strong Trump supporter said, I believe everything that Trump says, but I was sworn as a juror to vote my evidence in the courtroom. And based on that, I voted to convict Manafort on every single count. And I do believe jurors take very seriously their obligation to go on the evidence in the courtroom and that the case here as laid out in the indictment is so strong is so clear, is so convincing that there will be a conviction based on the evidence, no matter who the judge is. The thing that we have to worry about is a directed verdict where the judge could take it away before the jury votes. And that isn't appealable. That is a frightening thing. She also, of course, can delay, and that would cause severe harm given the upcoming uh, primaries and general election. So there are some things that she can do that are extremely dangerous and harmful to justice, to our rule of law. That's what we have to watch out for. Well, I hadn't even thought about the directed verdict, and now I'm even more terrified. Uh, Paul, because the thing about it is the, you know, Donald Trump is presumed innocent until proven guilty. He gets the presumption of innocence. But the people of the United States, because it's the people versus Donald Trump, the people also have a right to a fair trial. I can't imagine that the people of the United States, with our national security at stake, can get a fair trial in front of this judge. As a prosecutor, if you were in the Justice Department's place, would you go to the 11th Circuit and try to get her pushed off the case? I absolutely will. It's not just that she was reversed twice in two months. It's why she was reversed. Right. She was reversed, the court said, because she had no jurisdiction. What that means is that under the law, she had no business deciding some of the things that she actually decided. The Court of Appeals also said that she treated the president differently than she would other criminal defendants, or in that case, case, people who were the subject of search warrants. And she admitted that in her opinion. And the Court of Appeals said that's not how the rule of law works. The other concern is that we know from the indictment that Trump's defense is not going to depend on the facts because the facts are very incriminating. As Jill said, he's going to look to the judge to do things like limit the kind of evidence that can be presented. He's going to talk about attorney-client privilege, and he's going to try to delay the trial until after the election 
those would all be decisions that Judge Cannon makes. And, and when you say the, the evidence from um, attorney-client, he would try to use attorney-client privilege and hide behind it, that's because the bulk of the evidence comes from his own lawyer. That's and the, the, the thing that blew my mind um, this last week uh, when Alex Wagner uh, updated me on this information is that Evan Corcoran still represents Donald Trump. He's still his lawyer. But his whole fate, Donald Trump's, rests in the hands of the lawyer. The lawyer is the one who took contemporaneous notes, much as Michael Cohen his former lawyer, is a lot of the reason he's indicted in New York. In this case, it is the testimony from his lawyer. If this judge tries to rule that inadmissible, that's the case. Uh, there would be a big issue. There's something called the law of the case, which suggests that Judge Cannon should follow the lead of the uh, chief judge in the District of, of uh, Columbia, who said that that attorney-client privilege had been breached when Trump right. tried to use Corcoran to commit crimes. Right. But again, that's a decision that Judge Cannon would ultimately have to make. The concern is that even if she makes an egregious error of law, if Trump prevails, that is, he's found not guilty, the government can't appeal. That is, it just seems to me it's it's so balanced, uh, imbalanced, uh, Jill Weinbanks, um, not only against the people of the United States, whose national security was put at risk by this man, but also against Walty Nada, because Trump can play all sorts of games with attorney-client privilege. Walt Nada cannot. First of all, his lawyers are being paid for by Trump's PAC. They were paying for his attorneys. So he's at Trump's mercy in terms of he'd have to have probably have a public defender because he doesn't have any money. He still works for Trump, is still his valet. And it is really not arguable that he lied to the FBI. First of all, he's, let's just put up what he's facing. One count of conspiracy to obstruct justice, one count of withholding a document or record, one count of corruptly concealing a document or record, one count of concealing a document in a federal investigation, one count of scheme to conceal. And he alone, though he shares those with Trump, Max's sentence is there 25 years combined, one count of false statements to the FBI, five years. Let me just read you what he did. He is interviewed by the FBI, Joe Weinbanks. The question from the FBI, in knowing that we are trying to track the life of these boxes of classified material and where they could have been kept and stored and all that kind of stuff. Nauda, mm-hmm, question. Do you have any information that could, that would, that could help us understand like where they were kept, how they were kept, where they were secured, where they were locked, were they locked? Something that makes the intelligence community feel better about these things, you know? Nauda, I wish, I wish I could tell you, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And here's what he actually did. And there are tapes of him doing it. In sum, between May 23 and June 22, 2022, before the attorney Corcoran was allowed to review Trump's boxes, Nauda at Trump's direction moved 64 boxes from the storage room to Trump's residence and brought the storage brought to the storage room only 30 boxes. Neither Trump nor Nauda informed Trump's attorney Corcoran and then Corcoran and then he wanted Corcoran to lie. Jill Weinbanks, whatever happens to Trump, Nauda is cooked. Well, I think they are both cooked. Uh, as Bill Barr said, Trump is toast. He is. There's no question that the case laid out, including, I mean, everyone listening to this show should read the indictment. It's yes. an easy read. It includes pictures. You have a picture of a ballroom where the documents are on a stage. You have his bathroom with its chandelier and its boxes of documents. I love the, the gift that's going around saying bed, bath, and beyond reasonable doubt, which is the bathroom. I mean, it's it, it's it's such good evidence that no jury can look away from that. And I think that, you know, Judge Cannon is a danger. There is a risk. And she, as 
Attorney General Holder said she doesn't have the intellectual capacity to handle this case, but she also cannot be a complete idiot. And she knows the 11th Circuit is watching her. And they reamed her in the two times they reversed her. It wasn't just a, you made a small mistake. It's, you are an idiot. And so I think she will be careful. I wish she wasn't the judge. I I kind of agree with Paul that if I were making the decision, what's to lose? You're going to make her angry if the court doesn't allow her to recuse and lets her stay. Well, yeah, you will, but she yeah. can't be any worse than she has been. So yes, I probably would ask for a removal and a transfer to a different court where you had a fair chance for the people. Yeah. And Paul, I guess the final question would be then, if she somehow interrupts what even William Barr, who is the biggest Trump sycophant, who literally lied about the Mueller report so thoroughly that Republicans who were even normal, sane Republicans, John Sununu, uh, uh, Governor Sununu was on our air the other day saying he completely doesn't believe anything about the Mueller report. That's based on the summary from Barr. Barr lied about the Mueller report and made it look like those 33 people who were indicted and convicted don't even exist. Nothing happened with Russia, according to even sane Republicans. That's how thorough Bill Barr was at being a lackey to Trump. But even he says Trump is supposed to be cooked here. If this judge undoes that, is there any sanction against her? Possible. No. She's got a lifetime appointment. And again, she seems to have been looking at Trump's base when she made her earlier decision. So it's certainly right that the court of public opinion and most lawyers would totally disagree if she continues to show all of this deference to President, former President Trump. Yeah. Uh, but legally, she wouldn't have any consequences. There could be um, intermediate motions about whether evidence is admissible or not that sure. could go up to the court of appeals. Mm-hmm. But once the jury decides this verdict, it's done. if the jury acquits, Former President Trump, game over. Uh, you see, it just the drama never ends. You think it's done and it's never done. Uh, that's why we need these smart lawyers to come on and talk us down and talk us through it. Jill Weinbanks and Paul Butler, thank you both very much. Up next on The Readout, the incredibly dangerous rhetoric from the right in response to Trump's indictment. The Readout continues after this. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Federal and local officials in Miami are on alert ahead of Donald Trump's appearance in court tomorrow. Officials are monitoring right-wing forums for threats of violence. But some of the most violent rhetoric we've heard following this indictment isn't coming from the dark corners of the web. It's coming from sitting members of Congress and leading voices in the Republican Party. Over the weekend, Congressman Andy Biggs of Arizona wrote on Twitter that we have now reached a war phase, eye for an eye. Well, Don Jr.'s fiance, Kimberly Guilfoyle, posted on Instagram, retribution is coming over a picture of Trump. And then you have Carrie Lake, 
who holds no public office, no matter how much she insists that she won Arizona's gubernatorial election. She said this at Georgia's Republican State Convention. If you want to get to President Trump, you're going to have to go through me and you're going to have to go through 75 million Americans just like me. And I'm going to tell you, yep, most of us are card-carrying members of the NRA. Huh. Not threatening at all. Trump supporters have heard these calls loud and clear, echoing this warlike language online in an eerily similar way to what we saw leading up to the January 6th insurrection. Users on right-wing messaging boards talked about buying ammo and called for blood. Another said MAGA will make Waco look like a tea party. Some posted threats against Attorney General Merrick Garland and other officials. All while a local chapter of the Proud Boys is, per- is reportedly planning a rally outside the federal courthouse tomorrow, which Donald Trump is, of course, egging on. Writing on his wannabe Twitter account, see you in Miami on Tuesday. Joining me now is Peter Strzok, former FBI counterintelligence agent. It's good to have you here in person. Um, how concerned are you? Donald Trump is doing a January 6th in terms of his lead up to tomorrow. Yeah, Joy, I'm really concerned. I mean, look, in the first instance, we want political leaders to be calming tensions. Mm -hmm. We want them to be telling the followers to look, stay peaceful, don't engage in violence. And if they're not going to try and turn that down, at a minimum, just don't say anything about it. But what we've got are people actually exacerbating tensions. We have Trump going out and telling at campaign rallies, telling his followers, they're not after me. Right. They're after you. And I'm the only thing standing in the way of the government getting after you. Yeah. And so whether it's that, whether it's him playing the, the, the music from the January 6th choir at his campaign rallies, you see a pattern of behavior up to and including President Trump where they're actively almost inciting violence. And I'm reminded just recently that, you know, Trump over the weekend took to, to Truth Social and not only was attacking Jack Smith, the special right. counsel, but was naming his wife as well. Yes, he was. And I can tell you from, you know, personally, when I have been named by the president, there's yeah. immediately a spike sure. and threats and threats of violence from his followers. So it's very clear what he's trying to do. His followers know exactly what he's trying to do. And it's immensely concerning, particularly given all the very heightened sort of tensions that we have coming down the pike. And then you add Miami, um, which um, there is a Proud Boys contingent that exists in South Florida. Now they are planning a rally tomorrow. Um, I don't know why seditious conspiracy convictions for their leaders wouldn't change their attitudes toward things, but it doesn't seem at least as of now that it has. How much are you concerned about organized violence by organizations like the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers? Well, certainly there is the potential for violence both out of organized group like the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers. I would hope that some of the convictions coming out of January 6th would serve as a deterrent, but right. that also doesn't include all you know individuals who might be motivated towards violence. And you might remember the attack on the FBI field yes. office in Cincinnati literally days after the search at Mar-a-Lago. Now, Middle of Ohio, nothing to do with the search down right. at Florida. But what that means is, you know, certainly I expect fully that law enforcement in the Miami area, from federal law enforcement to state and local officials, will be very prepared to have a safe courthouse. And whatever protests are there is managed. But also that FBI offices all around the country are going to have to be on alert because, like as you said, with Cincinnati, it really could be anywhere. It could be one lone person who decides they're going to be a vanguard for Trump by themselves right. somewhere else. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And look, to be clear, the majority of Trump supporters at the end of the day are law abiding. Mm-hmm. They are not going to take up arms and try and attack the FBI or some law enforcement figure. But what you worry about is the fringe, you know, a, right. but a tenth of one percent 
amongst tens of millions of followers is still a potentially significant number. Of people. And for Carrie Lake to be reminding them that they've got guns at home. First of all, we know they've a lot of them have guns, but the idea that she's essentially what does that mean other than a threat? I wonder, you know, she is has no government job, but it's dangerous what she said for people like the Andy Biggs and the, you know, the members of Congress, some of whom might have security clearances of their own. If they're making threats, should they keep their security clearances? Well, I think they have access by virtue of their election to Congress. So there's yeah. not, I mean, that's different from Carrie Lake, but she doesn't have a clearance. Right. But the issue is, at the end of the day, I'm not convinced that any of these national political figures necessarily have a goal of violence. What they do have a goal is getting TV time on far-right media. Yeah. And this is exactly the kind of thing that gets Carrie Lake on OAN, yeah. on Newsmax, on other places. So I think that's the goal. And the unfortunate part is a lot of the people listening have no idea that's the goal. Yeah. They hear it, they believe it, and, you know, God forbid one of them decides to take action. And none of them have read the indictment, so they don't even know what they're talking about. Uh, let me play Chris Christie. This is going to seem like a turn, but I want to now talk about the substance of what Trump is alleged to have done, what he's accused of. Here's Chris Christie talking about not Trump, but his kids. The grift from this family is breathtaking. It's breathtaking. Jared Kushner and Ivanka Kushner walk out of the White House and months later get $2 billion from the Saudis. $2 billion from the Saudis. You think it's because he's some kind of investing genius? Or do you think it's because he was sitting next to the President of the United States for four years doing favors for the Saudis? Now, you know, there is no evidence that these two, Jared and Ivanka, or Jared Kushner specifically, had access to any of this classified material, but he could have. It's in a bathroom. It's in a ballroom. It's in Trump's offices. It's spilling on the floor. We have no idea who had access to it. We have no idea why Jared Kushner got all that money from the Saudis. But I, I played that because the thing that I must keep you awake more than me because you are a former FBI official, is what happened to the actual documents? Who saw them? And I read over the weekend this New York Times terrifying piece, captured, killed, or compromised. CIA admits to losing dozens of informants. Pull quote. Here's the quote. The message in an unusual top secret cable said that the CIA's counterintelligence mission center has looked at dozens of cases in the last several years in involving foreign informants who have been killed, arrested, or most likely compromised. Again, not saying that anything to the Trump. But when I hear that story and I read this indictment, I worry. Do you? Yeah, I do. And Joy, I need to be careful not to confirm or deny any particular reporting, but it absolutely is concerning. As a national security professional, as yeah. a counterintelligence person, who had access to that information? We know that two Chinese nationals were arrested attempting to gain access to Mar-a-Lago. Right. We know somebody pretending to be an heir to the Rothschild fortune mm -hmm. made their way onto Mar-a-Lago successfully. We know that essentially at the end of the day, it's a private country club right. where there isn't screening. And for any foreign intelligence services, for the Russians, for the Chinese, the Iranians, or anybody else, it absolutely is a priority target. And so when you know that it's being targeted, mm -hmm. and then we turn around and we've now all seen photographs right. of this ballroom, of the bathroom, with just right. boxes of documents knocked over, I think there's a real concern about not only what did Trump do with it, right. but even when he wasn't doing anything with it, what else was being done? There Who are literal weddings there. People are having weddings there. There's no control over the guest list of that wedding. And he has things in such in, in the open where anyone can see them, plus waving papers around, which we don't even know what they were in the indictment. Last thing I'll say is, do you think that the things that were not included in the 37 counts could be even worse because what was described there was terrifying. Right. Well, we know there are 31 counts in the, for documents right. within the indictment. And we know based on the inventory from DOJ and the FBI, there are at least 13 top secret documents right. which 
were not charged. And so the question is, when you have 31, why not 13 more? Right. And in my mind, the most logical explanation are the things and the information in those 13 uncharged documents are so sensitive, are so significant, that the components of the intelligence community who own that information yeah. told DOJ, look, this is too sensitive. Yeah. We don't want this potentially coming out at trial. This is still too valuable a source or a method. You can't use it. But again, if it's that sensitive, what on earth was Trump doing with that material? At home. And who else had access? And I think for people who like Trump, just ask yourself, why would any ex-president have a right to our nuclear secrets? There isn't a good explanation for that. Hopefully people will read the indictment. Peter Strzok, thank you. Great scary is caring, we say on this show. It's scary, but we have to talk about it. Peter Strzok, thank you very much. Coming up, Trump's defenders engage in an extreme form of denialism. What they are getting wrong about the Presidential Records Act, how declassification, work, how declassification works, and Trump's obstruction. We'll be right back. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Just as remarkable as the fact that a former president of the United States will be arraigned tomorrow on federal charges are the lengths which those on the right are going to defend Trump and to try to change the narrative. Joe Biden wants to give Donald Trump a death sentence for documents. They are, he's facing hundreds of years for mishandling documents, and they want him to die in jail. And yet Hillary Clinton's standing free today. This has been the death of democracy in so many ways. This is the ultimate weaponization of our government by the party that is in power. But in reality, Biden's far left, DOJ, they probably don't care. They just want to get Trump at any cost. This is as political as it gets. Okay. And frankly, Dana, it's, it's part of a pattern. Okay, well, now I understand that on Earth, too, alternative facts reign supreme. But we live here in the real world where facts actually matter. It is not an accident that his defenders are spending so little time responding to the actual substance of the indictment, because there doesn't appear to be a credible, credible defense when so many have been indicted for so much less. Let's take a moment to compare the alternative facts to the actual facts. Trump's lawyers claim that any classified documents that ended up at Mar-a-Lago was a result of accidental packing by White House and GSA staff. But Trump, time and time again, has insisted that he did, in fact, take the documents, which matches what the indictment states about his personal involvement. Trump and his allies claim the Presidential Records Act gives him the right to take any documents he wanted when he left the White House. But the facts are that nowhere in the Presidential Records Act does it allow a departing president to take any government document as his own personal mementos. And you don't have to take it from me. Just listen to Trump's former, very loyal, attorney general yesterday. 
They're the government's documents. They're official records. They're not his personal records. Battle plans for an attack on another country or, or, or Defense Department documents about our capabilities are in no universe Donald J. Trump's personal documents. And that brings us to the next alternative fact. Trump's claim that he could not have mishandled classified documents because he declassified them all upon leaving the White House. Except in reality, not only is there no evidence of that, but the indictment describes a recording of Trump after he left office, allegedly waving around a classified document regarding a U.S. military plan for attacking a foreign country and saying, see, as president, I could have declassified it. Now I can't, you know, but this is still a secret. And while some of his lawyers continue to claim that the boxes were just filled with newspaper clippings and pictures, the facts are that the highly classified documents included nuclear capabilities of a foreign country, nuclear weaponry of the United States, military capabilities of foreign countries and the United States, military attacks by a foreign country, military activities of foreign countries and the military contingency planning of the United States. And while we continue to hear that it was no big deal because Mar-a-Lago is a veritable Fort Knox with the documents safely stored away under lock and key, the truth is, for some time, those documents were left out in a ballroom, on a ballroom stage, and in a bathroom stacked next to a toilet and a shower. And that does not even account for all the facts laid out about Trump's cat and mouse game efforts to prevent those documents from being returned to the federal government. Trump and his allies say he was cooperating fully with the FBI, but the indictment shows that after trying to convince his own lawyers to respond to the subpoena by declaring that all the documents were returned when they had not been, he used his willing aide, Walt Nauda, to remove box after box after box from the storage room before his lawyer could look through them. On May 24, 2022, Nauta removed three boxes. Six days later, Nauta removed approximately 50 more boxes. And on June 1st, the day before Trump's lawyer began his search of the boxes, Nauta removed 11 more. So to recap, Trump admitted to taking the documents on live TV, on CNN and on Fox. As the documents were related to national defense, not only were they not covered under the Presidential Records Act, but it did not matter whether or not they were, they were classified to make it illegal for Trump to have them. And even with that, Trump admitted that they were not declassified. The documents were strewn about in unsecure locations like ballrooms and bathrooms. And when the time came to actually return the documents under the direction of a subpoena, he tried to hide the documents from both the DOJ and from his own lawyers. So while Republicans continue to say there's nothing to see here, they are actually taking a page out of the playbook from the last Republican president who was facing a federal indictment. We'll talk more about that and the Republicans' inability to face reality next. Well, when the president does it, that means that it is not illegal by definition. Exactly. The conservative right, I have, you know, we had to do this. The conservative right is taking that thesis from disgraced former President Richard Nixon and running with it, continuing to defend Trump despite his actions being so egregiously illegal that even Bill Barr is condemning him.
I was shocked by the degree of sensitivity of these documents and how many there were, frankly. If even half of it is true, then he's toast. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a very detailed indictment, uh, and it's very, very damning. And this idea of presenting Trump as a victim here, a victim of a witch hunt, uh, is ridiculous. He's a bad guy. But lots of Republicans are rallying behind Trump anyway. As writer David Frum notes, the Republican Party has spent so much time enabling a labyrinth of lies that they're as lost and trapped in the labyrinth as the deceived people they lured into it. And now there's no escape. With tens of millions of Republican voters and conservative believers regarding that labyrinth of lies as their political home. That explains how the people who repeated Trump's calls for Hillary Clinton to be locked up over her emails also think Trump is the victim of a witch hunt. Joining me now is George Conway, conservative attorney and contributing columnist for The Washington Post. George, I want to play you an oldie but a goodie. This is from 2016. See if you remember it. She sent vast amounts of classified information, including information classified as top secret. Top secret. Okay? She should be locked up, tell you right now. What she's done, what she's done, she ought to be ashamed of herself. Lock her up is right. No. No one will be above the law. Except Trump. <laughs> How do the same people who, who lock her up, that was the whole campaign. And now they're like, nah, it's fine. He had the nuclear secrets. I mean, if it were so sad, it would be funny. But he, he just, he, 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 you can't even compare these cases. You cannot compare these cases. She didn't take any classified documents. The documents, the, the, what, what, the, the classified material, to the extent there was any in those emails, was your traces of information that they were maybe discussing in the emails. And the vast majority, the vast bulk of them didn't have that. And it wasn't like she was trying to squirrel this stuff away. And the important point, too, though, is what Trump is being charged with here isn't actually just possessing That's the right. documents. If he had given the documents back in, I guess it was May, was it May or 2021, when NARA first started knocking on the door? Yeah. We wouldn't have, we we wouldn't be here right now. We wouldn't be. And the thing that is so, I'm hearing Republicans say, well, everyone's being treated differently. Hillary Clinton was just- Hillary's being treated differently because she didn't do what Trump did. It's that simple. Despite that, (laughs) she was investigated for a full calendar year. And she cooperated. But the DOJ investigated her, hounded her for a year, probably offended her I can't defending Hillary. It's crazy. Look what we've we've come to. I've got you defending Hillary Clinton. Look what the woke mob has done to me. (laughs) Well, you know, that is critical race theory, by the way. Uh, Uh, So look, the reality is, he, Hillary Clinton was investigated by the DOJ. Right. Uh, Edward Snowden went to jail, um, or would have gone to jail. He evaded arrest by defecting to right. Russia, who he helped. Uh, reality winner. Pleaded guilty, sentenced to five years. Chelsea Manning pleaded guilty, 35-year yeah. sentence commuted by Obama. David Petraeus, war hero. David Petraeus yeah. narrowly be, missed being indicted on the exact same law, right. the Espionage Act. Right, giving documents to the girlfriend. Yeah. And had to literally cop a plea. Yeah. We, everyone who does this gets indicted right. unless they give the stuff back. Right. And then, and then Trump, I mean, you know, but Trump was squirreling this stuff. It took a, a year and a half. Anybody else, you or I would have gone to, we, we, they would not have waited that long no. to do it to us. They, we'll talk anyway. about the political incentives here. Yeah. I want to play a couple of uh, Republicans who are running for president. And this is how they are responding to the Trump indictment. Here's Ron DeSantis and Tim Scott. 
I think there needs to be one standard of justice in this country. Let's enforce it on everybody and make sure we all know the rules. You can't have one faction of society weaponizing the power of the state against factions that it doesn't like. What we've seen over the last several years is the weaponization of the Department of Justice against the former president. You don't have to be a Republican to see injustice and want to fix it. You can't have one faction of society weaponizing the power of the state against factions it doesn't like from the governor who was weaponizing the power of the state of Florida against trans people, black people and Disney. Well, it's mind boggling. I mean, he. Has he, have these people read the indictment? I mean, they, they, it's, 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 I mean, you could pick any page on that in that document, and basically you have more than enough to prove guilt on a number of counts beyond a reasonable doubt. And, and it just goes on page after page. I mean, you never see evidence like this in indictment. I mean, no. You know, you see yeah, video recordings, you've got audio recordings, you've got lawyers, audio recordings of their recollections and of tapes. Trump asking the life to these tapes. And, and it's just, and, and photographs. Photographs. And the fact that the fact of the matter is, I mean, this is the most simple fact. I mean, this is why I thought he was dead to rights back in August was they, they executed the search warrant. And lo and behold, they came up with the documents. It's like a, I mean, it's like a corner drug buy and bust in, 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 on a street corner in the city. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like what you just have to say, OK, uh, there they were. He had the drugs. The drugs were in his possession. <laughs> Boom. It's, well, it's all. Yeah. Why do you suppose that more Republicans don't take the easy door out, which is that Trump is a liability, as Mitch McConnell has I, been very clear about? They could simply let this play out, say nothing, and be rid of him. Why well, do you think they, they don't? They are just terrible. They don't. Nobody. Everybody wants those. These people all want him to be hit by a bus or want his golf court cart to flip sure. into the into the wall, into a hazard or something. 100%. But they're not. They don't want to have their fingerprints on it. They don't want to be blamed for it. And, and then the classic example of it is, as you mentioned, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell, you know, he they have this cockamamie theory that you couldn't, that you couldn't um, hold a trial for somebody who did something while he was president and was impeached while, while he was president. Um, and then he said, after he voted to acquit on that technically false legal claim, he said, but we have a criminal law in this country. Mm-hmm. You know, hint, hint, hint. It was like the greatest thing he ever yeah. said. Yeah. And, and here we are, and now he's he should be saying, see, that's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. And, and, and that's that what he, I meant. And that if he broke the law, he should be treated yeah. like any other American Correct. and like every other person which was, who did which this supposed was. To be, I, which I thought as a conservative was supposed to, that was, that was our point. That was yeah. one of our points. I guess, yeah. you, know, but, you know, it was all bullshit. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's cable. George Conway, thank you. We'll be right back. We're at cable. Sorry, it's fine. Sorry. <laughs> Before we go tonight, we're going to make what we call a hard turn. On this day in 1963, legendary civil rights leader Medgar Evers was assassinated by a white supremacist outside his home in Jackson, Mississippi. He was only 37 years old. In a vacant lot about 40 yards away, a sniper fired a single shot from a high-powered rifle at Evers' silhouette. The bullet hit him in the back, crashed through his body, through a window into the house. He died within an hour at a Jackson hospital. As the Mississippi Field Secretary for the NAACP, Evers encouraged black Americans, including terrorized sharecroppers, teachers and college students, to register to vote. He protested segregation in education and launched an investigation into the Emmett Till lynching. 
60 years after his assassination, I got to sit down with his widow, Merle Evers Williams, a national icon with her own civil rights legacy, and who just turned 90 years young, by the way. She shared what Medgar Evers would feel about politics today. I do believe he would encourage more people to register and to vote. That was always a cause of his that he embraced uh, strongly. I think he would be pleased to see more people of color devote themselves to their communities and what's going on around. I think Metro would be very restless right now. And I would say he should be. (laughs) What's the most important thing people should know about Merle Evers Williams? That I'm human. I'm prone to error. I try not to make errors. I'm very strong about what I believe in. And I will go to the nth degree to see that that happens or takes place. Method was very much the same way. As you know, he gave his life for freedom of his people and, and others as well. My full interview with the beautiful and wonderful Merle Evers is online right now at the Readout blog. Do have a look, and that's tonight's Readout. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate.